0: This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services.
1: Now, here's Mary Stirk. With me today I have Kelsey Banky. Kelsey is a certified financial planner at Stirk Financial. Welcome, Kelsey. Thanks, very happy to be back. Well, good. So, let's just start out by saying that insurance is not the most exciting topic in the entire world. <laughs> But it's one of those topics that really it's so important to make sure that you're covered the way that you think you're covered. Um, because really, insurance gives you a good, firm financial footing. And it is kind of one of those foundational aspects of making sure your financial life is protected and solid. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about um, Insurance and I'm gonna I'm gonna start off by sharing with you why I feel fairly passionate about this, um, and I think some of you are gonna be able to relate. So let me take you back to the flood of 2011. <laughs> so Kelsey, where were you living at that time? Oh, I had just
0: signed on buying a house in the dunes <laughs> the week before we found out it was gonna flood. So <laughs> I, I have a near and dear special place for my in my heart for this as well so
1: yeah so for for those listeners who maybe weren't in the Siouxland area when this happened in 2011 we had a massive flood um, that came to us through kind of a freak set of circumstances where the river just went crazy with lots of water coming down it and the community that that I live in has rivers on two sides of it we have the Big Sioux and then the Missouri and so um Basically, within about a set set of maybe two or three days, it went from, oh, we're going to have some high water to, oh, we might have a little flooding to, you need to evacuate your house and we don't know when you're going to be back. (laughs) So um, in my particular home, I had um, 24 hours to pack everything I owned and get out of my home. And the crazy thing, too, was that my office building was in the flood zone, and so we had to pack everything in the office and evacuate the office, too. Now, in our office, we work with a lot of confidential information, and so there's no way that we can take a risk of having that information, you know, not accessible to us or being flooded and it floating down the river, right? And Kelsey had just bought a house (laughs) in the flood zone. So What I, why this is important to me from an insurance standpoint is because myself and pretty much everybody in my neighborhood started saying to themselves, oh, well, if we have a flood, is our homeowner's insurance going to cover this? And guess what? The answer was a big, fat, resounding, no, oh, hell no, it's not going to cover it. And you need flood insurance if you want to have that. And that was the first time, even though I live in a river area, that anybody had ever really spoken to me about flood insurance. And flood insurance is its own little beast of insurance that's kind of quirky and kind of expensive and only covers certain things too. <laughs> so that's why I feel that this is an important thing. And, and anybody that lives around here can relate to, to learning exactly what your homeowners did and didn't cover in that situation. And, and all of a sudden we needed flood insurance. So Let's talk about homeowners insurance for a minute. I think that the most important thing to be asking yourself is questions, okay? So we're not here to give you a dissertation on what something is and isn't going to cover. What we're gonna try to do today is give you some good questions to be asking. So whatever insurance is that you have, you're making sure that you're covered the way that you think you're covered, okay? so. When it comes to homeowner's insurance, Kelsey, what would you say are some of the best questions that you can ask yourself?
0: Well, the homeowner's insurance, your your goal is to protect your, protect your home and the things within your home. So uh, first of all, ask, is there sufic- sufficient coverage to cover your property? And uh, you want to be talking about, uh, you know, what would it cost if something happened to your house and something um, either took out part of your house or all of your house, would you be able to rebuild your house? Would you be able to buy a new property of equal value to the house that you had? Um, Your house is a very valuable asset. Most people realize that, but by not being properly insured for the right amount of coverage, you could be at a risk. And a lot of times that can get outdated if you're not staying up on your insurance. Also, uh, the things within your house um, making sure that those are covered appropriately, uh, the contents of your house, and there's some tips and tools on how to make sure that there's enough coverage on your your uh, belongings, uh, and then might be even additional insurance that you need for certain valuable uh, property.
1: All right, so on your homeowner's insurance, this is one of the places that we're going to dig into the weeds on details just, just for a moment here because homeowners has some some terms in it that I think are really important for people to understand. Sometimes you have something called actual cash value coverage and sometimes you have something called replacement coverage. Okay, Actual cash value coverage means that if you have a loss – then the policy is gonna pay the actual cash value of your home's contents. And you'll get a check for what your stuff was worth before it was destroyed, not what it would cost to replace it, okay? So if you have a television that cost you $1,000 three years ago, now that maybe is depreciated and worth $400, you're not gonna get a check for a thousand bucks for that TV, you're gonna get a check for $400. That's I think just that's, an example, and I think that that's
0: a really strong distinction because almost every single thing in your house is a depreciating asset; it is right. worthless <laughs> as time goes on. There are very few things in people's houses that actually appreciate, so uh, paying close attention to that piece is very
1: important. So, replacement cost is is very different. If your property is destroyed, the insurance company is obligated to fully replace or rebuild your property without any deduction for depreciation. So um, that is clearly a more comprehensive type of coverage. However, you're going to pay for it. So obtaining full replacement costs on your personal property will cost you 10 to 20 percent more in your policy than the actual cash value coverage will. But I think it's worth it because ultimately, if you have a loss, then you want to be able to replace your stuff, not replace, you know, a fourth of your stuff, right? So the questions to ask yourself on your homeowners are, is there sufficient coverage for your property and your personal belongings? And is your liability coverage high enough? So here's the deal with liability coverage. Part of your homeowners policy protects you if someone comes onto your property and gets harmed, hurt, accident, whatever. You are on the hook if it happens on your property and they decide to sue you. So your liability coverage as part of your homeowners is a pretty important piece of this. Rule of thumb, the wealthier you are, the higher limits of liability you should have because you have more to protect, okay? If somebody sues you and your liability coverage on your homeowners only provides so much, they can sue you above and beyond that that you might have to be responsible for, okay? So that's where another type of policy comes in called an umbrella policy, An umbrella policy is designed to sit on top of your homeowners to provide additional liability protection in case somebody sues you for more than what your homeowners policy is going to cover. All right. So, normally an umbrella policy would be like a million dollar umbrella, it might give you an additional million dollars of protection or a $2 million or a $5 million umbrella. So once your net worth starts getting closer to that million, $2 million, $5 million point, that's when you need to start layering on this additional umbrella of coverage over and above the homeowners and auto insurance that you have. So before we move away from the homeowners insurance, let's talk about your valuable property, okay? If you have property covered under your homeowners, it's gonna cover your, general, your generic and general stuff. All right. But let's say you have a $100,000 art collection. Or let's say that you have $25,000 worth of really, really good jewelry. Or maybe you have a whole bunch of guns.
0: Yeah, or musical equipment.
1: There you go. In Kelsey's (laughs) situation, they've got a recording studio in their basement and lots of musical um, equipment. And so, um, you know, you want to um, make sure that your special collections are covered. And the way to do that is by having a writer on your policy that actually says anything that's special and out of the norm is covered on top of just the general amount of property coverage you have. So this is a really good time for you to think about what do I have that's valuable and then am I covered on my homeowner's insurance?
0: Uh, So next we're going to talk about auto insurance and this is something, you know, in Most states you're required to have uh, to a certain degree to cover liability, Uh, but this is um, something that would cover your vehicles. You can also wrap into that um, coverage on RVs and motorcycles and anything pretty much on wheels can can get onto some kind of coverage. And you're going to want to make sure you have the appropriate amount of coverage to to repair your vehicle, to protect you in the ca- in the event of an accident, um, to the event that there's any damage to your vehicle, as well as um, there's a liability piece at- associated with this as well. So. Um, if you were the person that caused the accident, you might be on the hook for medical bills or lost wages, things like that. And this is a, a place you definitely don't uh, don't want to let slip without really reviewing because most people get in their vehicles every single day and go somewhere. And every single time you get behind the wheel, you're exposing yourself to a potential risk. So make sure you have the right amount of coverage for you to cover both your property and yourself.
1: Let me tell you a quick story about auto insurance coverage. Um, my father had an auto insurance policy, and I looked at it, and I said, Hey, Dad, you know you've got $5,000 of medical coverage on this policy. I think you should probably raise that to at least ten because $5,000 doesn't really go very far anymore in today's world for medical. Well, sure enough, my sister was driving um, one of his vehicles with her boyfriend in the car, and they got in an accident. And the boyfriend hurt his thumb. like He damaged his thumb. He literally had $9,800 worth of medical bills to fix his thumb as a result of the accident. And it was within days after my dad had raised the medical coverage from 5000 to 10000 <laughs> So <laughs> the, the policy covered all $9,800 worth of these bills. But had he not had enough coverage on that, then the $5,000 would have been paid for by the policy. And then that person could have sued my dad for the other $4,800 of medical bills. And he probably would have had to pay it because it was in his... His vehicle on his driver's watch. So that's um, another reason to think about that. So for these purposes you really want to take a look at your homeowners and your auto. If you have enough net worth you want to layer the umbrella policy on top of that. Make sure your property is covered and then be aware that if you live near water you might want to be looking at having an additional flood policy. So we have a great giveaway um, today. It's called the Insurance Fill the Gaps Checklist. Now, it's just a two-page piece, and this piece is something that is just helping you ask questions to make sure that you're thinking through the right coverages for yourself. So um, we have all different kinds of insurance listed and all of the questions that are important to ask yourself to make sure you're fully covered. So give us a call, 6 605-217-3555 to request that, or go out to com and and let us know that you'd like to have a copy of that. So let's go ahead and continue on with insurance. Um, And we're going to now talk about life insurance. And life insurance really has um, a couple of different ways that you want to look at it. So first of all, life insurance in the event that your spouse passes away. The questions you really should be asking yourself are, if your spouse died, how would you continue to pay your bills? How would you be able to continue to make debt payments? Would you be able to both financially and emotionally support your children? And would their education goals be fulfilled? So those are some of the main things to be thinking about in terms of actually figuring out how much life insurance you should have. In the event of an ex-spouse's death, I think you also want to think about the things that would affect you if your ex-husband or your ex-wife died. And, you know, they're tied to you financially. So here are some questions to think about with that.
0: Yeah, Mary, many people forget about their ex-spouse, the fact that they might be receiving child support or alimony, and if they pass away or um, will get to disability, but if they become disabled, they might not be able to continue to make those payments that you uh, rely on, as well as if you're the person paying alimony or child support, you're doing that to support... Your, your family, children, even right? though yeah. you're not married anymore. You're supporting your children. You're helping making sure that they have the things that they need when they're not um, under your care. So, you know, would you lose your child support or alimony if uh, your ex-spouse passed away? Um, would your e- children's education and goals be fulfilled? And we're not just talking about college. Many people make the decision to send their children to um private schools or special um, schools to meet a fulfillment that they want to have for their children. So keeping all those things in mind, where your incomes are coming from, if, if someone passed away, would those go away? You may need to get insurance on them.
1: So another thing to think about on life insurance is do you need to have insurance on your children? And there are a lot of really mixed feelings about this. And you can get insurance policies on your kids. You can get writers on your policies to cover them, you know, just for small amounts. Sometimes there's coverage for kids through your employers. But what you do want to think about is if you lost a child, how would you be able to handle final expenses? If you have money to do that, then I don't know that you need to have insurance. But if you don't have the money to do that, you might want to think about a small policy for them. So those are a few of the questions that we prompt on this insurance fill the gaps checklist to be asking yourself about life insurance so that's kind of a big one to be considering the next thing um, is disability insurance and and if you if you take away nothing from this entire you know uh, spot what I want to encourage you to think about is that the biggest asset that you have the biggest asset that most of us have is our ability to earn an income Because that is something that we do year after year after year for most of our lives. So disability insurance is designed to protect that income generating ability. And if that's something that you rely on, then you'll want to make sure that your disability insurance coverage needs are met. So how would you pay your bills if either you or a spouse became disabled and couldn't continue to earn an income? That's one of the primary questions to ask yourself. And I think that it's a really important one to consider. Now, a lot of companies have short-term and long-term disability as part of their benefits packages. And if they do, that's great. But if they don't, this is something to consider looking at private coverage for because this is a really big gap if you don't have that income covered. Right, right, we're going to roll into talking a little bit about health insurance. So, Kelsey, what are some of the main things that you would say you need to understand for health insurance? Well, first of
0: all, you need to understand your coverage. Not all health insurance was created equal. Some things are going to cover more than others. <laughs> That's true. And we all have heard horror stories of people... Um, Becoming ill or coming down with a a pretty bad sickness or injury, that some things were covered and some things weren't. And you've also heard those amazing stories where they said, My insurance was great. Well, if you have never looked into it, you don't know which one yours is going to be until uh, the time happens. So, understanding your coverage, what is covered, what is not covered, how much is covered, because they may cover certain uh, events or perils, but only up to a certain uh, percentage or degree or dollar amount. Also, you want to understand your deductible. There's going to be some kind of cost to you. It's Most uh, insurance is a shared uh, cost. So you'll cover some and the insurance company will cover some. But deductibles is a very important thing to understand. And you want to make sure that you have enough emergency cash to cover your deductible, whatever that amount is.
1: All right, so when it comes to health insurance in retirement, that's a whole nother animal. And I could spend a, an entire half hour talking about just the Medicare system and how that works, but I'm going to give you a super, super brief overview of health insurance in retirement. Number one, you have Medicare, and then you have a Medicare supplement. And that sounds like it's simple, but at the end of the day, you're going to have four actual separate pieces to your health insurance. You have Medicare Part A, that is covering basically hospitals. You have Medicare Part B, that is basically covering doctors. You have Medicare Part D, which is private coverage but required coverage that is basically covering drugs. And then you have your Medicare Supplement. Okay, so four different pieces to the Medicare package. They each start at different times. They each have either no cost or some cost or variable cost. And it's kind of confusing. But it kind of it runs like that in terms of the four pieces you need. Medicare part A you turn on when you're 65 and there's no cost. Medicare part B you turn on when you're 65 or when you lose your private health coverage. Usually that runs about $125-ish dollars a month. Medicare Part D, the drug coverage, could run anywhere from $5 to $500 a month. It totally depends on what your drug usage is. So you want to talk to your insurance agent about what drugs you're using to figure out what the best plan is for you. And the Medicare supplement is something you take out when you're 65 and also – or when you're done with your individual coverage and it is generally around $150 a month for a policy. There's different ones you can buy, um, but generally speaking, that's kind of the the, the cost there. So in uh, retirement, medical is something you want to pay attention to the details, but there's kind of a four pack of things you have to be aware of. All right. So... I I do think that this insurance topic is really important. Not having insurance in line is like having a big crack through the foundation of your house. You don't know when something's going to start falling down around you. So it's important to make sure you're covered. So give us a call. Talk to us about the insurance fill the gaps checklist. Again, it's just a list of questions to be asking yourselves on all things insurance related to make sure that you're actually covered and covered in a really solid way. I, I can't stress enough that this is a good foundational piece of your portfolio and that um, it's something that you really are going to want to have in line. So call us at 605 217 to request that or go online at sterkfinancialservices.com. Also just want to let you know that uh, we don't have a seminar coming up in the month of May because people are so busy with graduations and things like that. But we have a fantastic one coming up in June. It's called the Advanced Investment Seminar. And the Advanced Investment Seminar is about beyond stocks and bonds, how to create unique things inside your portfolio that go beyond stocks and bonds. And it's for the more advanced investor. It's not a beginning level seminar, um, but it's something that if that trips your trigger and you're interested, it's on June 14th. Go ahead and register online or give us a call. We'd love to see you there. So hopefully that answers uh, all of your questions about insurance and what you need to be thinking about, and we'll catch you next week on Money Guide with Mary Stirk. Call
0: us at 605-217-3555 for your free copy of Insurance,
1: Fill the Gaps Checklist.